Okay, Bob Ryan is MIA, but don't worry, I will be doing another Bob, another, we should call it the Bobcast. Another Bob? I will do another Bobcast. Uh, we will be doing another podcast with Bob, but Bob and Jeff could not get together this week with the schedules. So, that's right, you're getting two for the price of one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are sponsored by FanDuel, the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money lined back. That's $150 if your team wins. Okay, Jeff, let's get to it here. Uh, Jay King of The Athletic uh, wrote a pretty good piece. Uh, pointing out that this year's Celtics team with Jason Tatum on the bench is doing as well with him not in the game as when he is in the game. And we know last year, if Tatum was in the game, they didn't have a chance to win. Yeah, I mean, obviously the big difference is you bring in Porzingis, Andrew Holiday, and, and you see it, right? When, when Tatum's out of the lineup, Drew Holiday could be a different player. You know, he can step up. Obviously, Jalen Brown, uh, you know, steps up a little bit when he's there. Yeah. They just – they have enough. They have enough. And Sam Hauser's proven, like, okay, you know what? Give him some more minutes. When you're playing with four dudes, what do you do with Sam Hauser when you're guarding him? You, you need to stay out on him, but you really can't because you have – and Derek White's been unbelievable. Well, I to mean, me, you know, he's, we, he's the – I know people will think Porzingis, but if you look at Derek White – to me, he is the second most dangerous offensive player on the team. No disrespect to Jalen Brown. This just goes to show how well White is playing. They're all good. That's the thing. They're all capable of being a second option, in my opinion. Right. So when, Tate, when Tatum goes out, it's not like there's a number one guy. There's, there's four guys that you have to be careful of still. And the ball moves, again, because you have Drew Holiday and, and Derek White. And honestly, I think Jalen Brown has taken upon himself there was a, a stat a few weeks ago where I think he had no assists in like some amount of minutes and a crazy amount of minutes to have no assists. And I've been on him forever saying like, he doesn't make people better. He does not make people better. I think finally he, he heard, he heard that and took it personal and said, you know what? I'm going to try to make my teammates better here. And it's not that hard when you're out there with, the, with, with white and holiday and, even Tatum has gotten much better. I know, obviously, he was in the lineup, and they put up 144 against Sacramento. That's the scary part. They put up 144 points, Gary, against Sacramento without Jason Tatum because, again, you've got four guys that are all capable of going for 20, 25, um, and obviously Pritchard and, and Hauser, like, have their moments, and you can't really – you can't – what are you going to do? Like, those guys, you got to leave them open. Does this make you feel any better about not making a move at the deadline? No, I still, they have to get a big. They have to, have to, have to, have to get a big. Um, and, and they will. They will. They're not going to sit pat. Listen, Brad Stevens is too smart to understand that you can go in with this group and, and roll the dice with Nemus Kata 
being your, your, your backup big. Like you can't do that. You can't, you need a proven commodity in that spot so that if again, uh, Horford and, and Porzingis, one of them's out, you, you just can't. Right. So I guess the Celtics can thrive without Marcus Smart. Come on. Were we really ever concerned about that other than from the toughness part of it, right? Like that was I was never concerned at all. Look, to me, the reason why that number, which Jay pointed out, about it's balance, you know, and you know what you you know what you need to have balance? You need to have um teammates, you need to have chemistry, you know, you need to have people all on the same page and Marcus was never going to be on the same page. It just, so you have guys now that understand it. And to me, I think Tatum sets the tone because we've talked about how the fact that everybody and Jalen Brown talked about it, how everybody's points per game average is down, but it doesn't matter because obviously they're spreading the wealth. So the attitude of the team enables this to happen. Yeah, and that's I mean, not going to happen with Marcus. Even when Tatum's off the floor, it's like, all right, you're not doubling Jalen Brown all the time, right? Because you have Drew Holiday and Porzingis, and Derek White is a a absolute threat right now offensively, where he wasn't really. Again, two years ago, you know, when he came over from San Antonio, he couldn't make a shot. Um, now it's like, what do you do? They just move the ball, and like you pick your poison when Tatum's off the floor in a way because. I mean, that's the thing. Their starting five is just so balanced. It's so balanced, and it's like I, there's not another team in the league that you say to yourself, like, all right, all five. Like, who are you leaving open? Who are you leaving open? Oh, like, no. on every other team, there's somebody that you're like, all right, you know what? I'll take my chances with him. Well, we'll I had double, to we'll, Yeah, we'll and double. last year, they left Marcus open in the fourth quarter all the time. Of course. But I think, do you, I think, Jeff, I think that Tatum, and maybe I'm getting too out there. Maybe I'm getting too meta. I think Tatum, with his behavior and leadership this year, has given others permission to be aggressive offensively. Yeah, I mean, again, I think you're right. I think he heard it enough and has finally, like, felt comfortable being a leader. You know, right? comfortable taking that on. Again, you said it last week. Like, he just looks different on the court. He just commands, even his mannerisms on the court just bring a, 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 a greater sense of like maturity and poise, okay. you know? So I think everybody falls in line with that. Okay, this is our guy, and he's not a kid anymore. He, he's, he's matured, he's ready. And again, you bring in pros. Like, I can't say it enough. Like, Drew Holiday, Derek White, like, those are two of the best pros you're ever going to find on an NBA team. And you went from, Marcus Smart, who's flammable, it can be great certain days, but again, we know like his his decision making's questionable, his shot selection's questionable, all that. And Malcolm Brogdon didn't really fit, didn't really fit. And, and Grant that Williams, really, yeah, that surprised me. Oh, I'm no, sorry, me too. No, me too. I I like Brogdon a lot, but you hear it throughout the league, like all right, like he can be a little unique, a little different. You know, maybe didn't mesh with the guys quite as much. And Grant, for however much people love Grant, um, you know, listen, Grant was a good role player. 
That's what he was. And Grant thought he was more than that and got paid like he was more than that, which is great for Grant. The other part is Grant never shut the hell up to the refs. He he acted like he was a star. And you cannot do that if you're the seventh or eighth man in a team. Like, like no, the refs don't want to talk to you, Grant Williams. And they shouldn't talk to you. They don't want to talk to Tatum, but you have to. You have to because he's their star. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. We inflate role players in this city like nobody's business. We have done it. We've done it on the Patriots, the Red Sox. Oh, my God, it's terrible with the Red Sox. I mean, Trot Nixon, dirt dog, baby. I mean, and I love Trot personally, great guy. Trot Nixon's numbers were the same as J.D. Drew. Right. Same. And people hated J.D. Drew. Oh, Trot, man, we love we love Trot. You know, they... they Because Trot would get dirty. Hey, hey, Trot would get dirty. J.D. did not get dirty. No, right. But we elevate those guys. So, like, Grant Williams, we like, oh, my God. I was, he's so, he's, he's a nice player. So I saw yeah, on a good, good night on a yeah. good night. He's a yes. nice player. I mean, yes. I mean, some nights I thought he should be happy to be in the league. Well, you I know? think a lot of people thought that, you know, and, and, and again, give him credit. He turned into a pretty good player. He's averaging 10 and four yeah. uh, this year in Dallas playing about 30 minutes a game. You know, he's shooting 40% from three and that I give him credit. That's an area he really, really worked on and improved. But again, most guys are letting him shoot that corner three. Of course. They, you know, right. They're uncontested threes. But again, he got to the point where he could he could make them. So I'm I'm happy for Grant, but I think again, it was uh it was much needed to get rid of the three guys. We talked about this in the preseason that maybe weren't Joe Missoula guys, right? Those three, Smart, Brogdon, and and Grant were not Missoula guys. Now Missoula gets a fresh start with all these other guys. Um, and again, they just like, like Derek White's going to, whoever you could be coaching and Derek White would still be smiling and, and loving you. Drew Holiday, like, he's just not going to, he's going to do his job. He's going to do his job, whatever the team needs. That's the beauty of him. And Porzingis, you got him at the right time in his career. Uh, because again, he's really, really grown up and matured. That's right. You know, and they're putting up a buck 40 without Tatum. That says it all. That's a great stat. Uh, you talked about Joe, and you talked. I want to talk about Brad a little bit. Do you think Missoula has a shot at Coach of the Year? No, because I, I think that usually is reserved to somebody that outperforms their expectations. So I don't. 
I don't think he gets that. I, I think that eventually, you know, that goes to somebody again. You know, I'm like trying to Indiana, like Carlisle. Yeah, I mean, it, well, Indiana's still like you know in the in the play-in mix, but like you know, Orlando right now, what they've done, you know, they're 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 fourth in the in the East. Like is that Clifford? That's Steve. Top. That's Steve Clifford, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Right, yeah, I think no, so. No, I, I should look that he's up. He's in Orlando now. Uh, right. No, it's it's Jamal Mosley. Jamal Mosley. Oh, I'm sorry, Clifford. Young, yeah, yeah young Charlotte. kid. He's done. Uh, great anyways, job. okay. Well, what about Brad Stevens? Because of the moves you made, he has to be considered for Executive of the Year. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, he's done a hell of a job. And again, you know, I keep going back to when he got that job, and maybe out of necessity, a little bit out of financial reasons. And I'm like, all right, how long is this going to last? A year? And uh, Brad's just super smart. You know, that's the one thing. Like, he's so smart, uh, methodical, thinks things through, tough to read in a lot of ways, too, which probably helps him. Knew the players because he had played against all these guys. Um, knows all the college coaches, which gives him a major advantage, to be honest, because he can call anybody in college and they're not going to bullshit him. Like right. some of these other GMs don't know all the college guys like that. So they're not going to get the, the real scoop. Nobody, no college coach is ever going to lie to Brad Stevens. They're not. They're just not. They have too much respect for what he did in college. So I think Brad checks every box. Um, I don't know if he'll do this forever. Uh, but, man, he, is, he has done an incredible job putting this, this starting group together. And even, again, you know, Hauser, uh, Horford. Pritchard coming up they're missing one they're missing one that's all they're missing to me and they are the clear prohibitive favorites for me to win the whole thing well me too right now but he also traded a fan favorite what I liked about Brad Best and I remember Timmy Welsh former Providence coach our buddy told me this he said don't be fooled by the you know Midwest oh shucks demeanor of Brad Stevens he can be tough and he had no problem making tough decisions. He yeah. he made that deal, and Smart was a fan favorite. Uh, and he was like, we're not getting it done. Changed it up and made him even better. So he's not afraid to make a hard call. No, he listen, he's traded some, some guys that you wouldn't have expected him to trade. Uh, and again, like I think he looks at it as all business. He does. You know? yeah. And, and you kind of have to, right, to be great at, at the GM you know, role. You know, Danny Ainge was the same way. Had great relationships, but when it came down to it, you know what? If I think it's going to help the team, I, I don't care about those personal relationships. Steve Diossi, to use a football story, Steve Diossi has told me this story, and it's so funny. Uh, when Diossi was brought back to the Patriots, he was just supposed to be the long snapper, and he ended up playing linebacker, which he wasn't too thrilled with, but that's another story. <laughs> but Steve tells this story about he and Matt Barr uh, you know, all they had to do was long, you know, special teams practice. They had their golf clubs, kick, long snap, hit the range, right? So Matt Barr's going to Parcells. He goes, Bill, we're friends, right? He goes, yeah, Matt, we're friends. Says, um, says, if we, if I missed, you know, three, four in a row, would we still be friends? He goes, yeah, we'd still be friends. I'd miss you. But we'd still be friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, Brad, I, I don't think Brad's got that killer in him. I think it hurts him. I think it, it it provides sleepless nights for him. Right. But ultimately, I think he's also like, 
got that businessman side of him to where he's like, you know what? I got to get this team better. Gotta I got to give us the best chance. Gotta get to win. Right. Um, let's move on to some other issues in the NBA. Uh, the Pistons are terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Just terrible. What's going on there? I mean, listen, I, I think Troy Weaver, their GM's just taking too many chances, taking too many. Ch- I love Kate Cunningham, but when he drafts, it's like you're rolling the dice too many times. You know, Jaden Ivey's talented, but really uh, not a guy that you trust to to shoot the ball. Um, and he's shooting 28% from three. Uh, he brings in, you know, Marvin Bagley, the third, after he didn't make it at Sacramento. There's been issues there. James Wiseman didn't make it, obviously. With Golden State, they wave him. You know, they pick him up. Uh, Jalen Duran is putting up numbers. I mean, he's averaging 12. Listen. There's always somebody who puts up numbers for crappy teams. Somebody's got to get numbers, right? Jalen right. Dern, to me, is that guy. He's averaging 12 and a half and, and, and 11 boards. And he's a man child. But, I, again, I don't know how, how much better he makes you. Um, you know, they drafted one of the Thompson twins. He's actually been pretty good this year. But, again, what, what do the numbers mean when, you, when you've got a 26-game losing streak or whatever it is right now? Uh, you know, poor drafting around Cade Cunningham. I think Cade's a star uh, with the right players around him, but he doesn't have the right players around him right now. And I, I got to figure Troy Weaver and, and you know, that whole, uh, you know, uh, at the top of the Pistons, you know, is probably in trouble and in, in danger of, of being, you know, and they, you know, listen, they, uh, they hired Bonnie Williams and everybody thought that was a great hire. And I did too, at the time, I thought he'd be perfect for this young team, but um, that's not the case because again, I just, I don't, I don't like the the way they've drafted. Are they too young? Yeah. I mean, yes, definitely. I mean, well, you don't have a, a, a veteran in the room when you look at all their players, like Alec Burks, is there one veteran? You know, when like you, you talk, need, you, you need just, a veteran on the court. They're kids, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. They're just, they're not even, you're not even 20 years old, you know, when you come out and you're supposed to turn around franchise around. I mean, well, I think this is what he he was under. If you look at it, he was under Sam Presti in Oklahoma City, and I think he's trying to do the Presti model, right? Presti model was you know suck for a while, get all these draft picks, get all these talented kids, and you hit it with a few of them. And and Cade's going to be again, Cade's going to be really good, but he's not Shea Alexa- Gildas Alexander yet. And obviously, Oklahoma City had some other really good pieces um, around Shea, and, and that's kind of the difference here. Uh, finally, and I hope this really works out because I love him as a player and I think he's great for the league, but John Moran, what are you hearing about his situation? Uh, just your thoughts on his return and how does that change the scope of the league? Yeah. I mean, he finally came back after this long suspension and, you know, the, no surprise. I mean, the Grizzlies have been atrocious without him, uh, played the last couple games and, you know, He's been pretty good, right? I mean, he had 34 and eight in his first game and, you know, 20 and eight in the second game. And, you know, they won both games. They beat Indiana twice. So uh, I I think they're going to get back in the mix. You know, you hope he's learned from some of his transgressions. I think he's a good kid underneath it all. I I really do. I dealt with him a few times when, when he was at Murray state and really liked him and the people around him really liked him. Uh, so I wonder if he just kind of got mixed up with the wrong crowd and hopefully now he understands like not, not just for, yes, for him, obviously for him, 
Well, like so many kids look up to like these NBA stars, whether it's John Moran or you know Kevin Durant or LeBron or right. Tatum or any of these guys. And it's like, it's a copycat league a little bit, right? Where the college kids look at these NBA players and they want to be them and they, they, they kind of act out like these NBA guys. And you just, we don't need that. We don't need that. So hey. hopefully Jaws got, got his act together here. Uh, and again, man, he's super talented. We, we forget now, like it was like Ja and Tatum and Luca. We were talking about as like the three future faces of the NBA. And that's just out of sight, out of mind with, with Ja, out of sight, out of mind. And he's taking some hits PR wise. You know, you take a look at when you talk about looking up to players, I always think how many guys went to the casino because Michael Jordan did. Yeah. And I remember yeah. a lot of kids got in trouble by losing a lot more than they could afford to because MJ was always at the tables. You know, and they smoke weed. Listen, they see the NBA guys smoking a lot of weed. So the college guys smoke weed. Then the, the high school guys see the college kids smoking weed. So they smoke weed. Not right. that. They're alone. It's not just basketball. Oh, no, it's just not basketball players. No. Correct. But even more so when they're watching, you know, these NBA stars and seeing them doing some of these things, they're like, all right, they're doing them. Okay. You know. So do you think um, if we had social media in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, or even 90s, I mean, I guess, would, I mean, would it be any different? Like, if you take a look at Jaws' situation, he was caught in social media and it went viral. Seemed to be a problem. Uh, but it gets magnified. Of course. Now, we all know, especially uh, during the cocaine run of the NBA, there were no angels in that league. Right. Can you imagine if there was social media around then? I mean, yeah. the 70s, no, was, right. the 70s yeah. was something else. Yeah, I mean, again, imagine Michael Jordan, right? The gambling. I mean, somebody there watching him gamble. You know, and, and and those stories, I mean, shoot. Yeah, I remember seeing gambling with, with Charles Barkley. Um, oh, and like, you know, it, it's it's fun. And you know better. But like today, you got to watch everything you do. Everything you do. I mean, even like I'll even go out to like, a, a, a you know, a bar. And, and you know, somebody asks for like a picture. And I'm like, all right, I got to put this beer down. Right. You know, not that it's so wrong. But but again, it's it's perception a little bit, and and I'm nothing. So like John Morant, everywhere he goes in Memphis, every yeah. step he takes, somebody is watching. If he's out there, right? Got to be careful. You're not, and you're not nothing. I mean, well, listen. How about Bird and Quinn Buckner and uh, Greg Kite? Not Kite. Um, the other guy, the other big man. Oh shoot, who the Celtics had? Oh, he Roby. traded him away. A Roby. Oh my God, those guys ran hard. But that's what I'm saying. Like, so like he would have been all Pierce, over the place. Even when Pierce, again, the, the, right? What, what year was it when he got stabbed in the club? Oh, it was like 2000. We, I was on my honeymoon. We didn't have that. We didn't have any of this. Oh, I know. All we had was Facebook, right? And nobody was like, that right. wasn't, that was before social media. So everything has changed now to whereas, you know, whether it's fair or not. These guys aren't safe anywhere they go, you know, anywhere, which is why it's really difficult for them to go out in public and let loose. I understand it. I even, you tell, know, like, I even tell my kids, you know, I mean, if you want to play college sports or you want a job interview, I mean, yeah. you don't know, make a mistake. It. Don't tweet something crazy because they're going to find it. 
You know, I remember Dante DiVincenzo, uh, he wins the national title. And I forget what somebody asked him, but some reporter, post game, they win the national title at Villanova. And, and some reporter asked him about some tweet he did five years earlier. Yeah. That, that, was, that was, again, uncalled for, and he had to apologize for it, I think, later. But it was like, this is where we're at. This is where we're at now. People are just trying to dig up old shit, you know, whether it's political or or whatever. Whatever that, that people said. It's it's it, it is it's it's a different society. It, it's it's not like it used to be where you can just kind of let loose and not worry anymore. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. These guys are in a fishbowl. Yep. So the Clippers have turned it around. It seems that Harden has found a home again, and they won nine out of ten. Now I do remember when Harden first showed up with Jersey. Things were going well. So let's see. And that we all know what happened there. Let's see if he can maintain it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. Right now, the Clippers are, what, fifth in the, in the Western Conference, uh, which is really good. Listen, the, the bottom line is it's not James Harden that's the difference. It's Kawhi playing like Kawhi again. That's the difference. Like, they're going nowhere unless Kawhi plays like Kawhi. And, you know, I talked to – I saw Lawrence Frank uh, last week in Indiana, oh, yeah. uh, the GM of the Clippers, and yeah. we were talking about Kawhi and – you know, he said to me, he's like, yeah, he's he's looking like the old Kawhi. And uh, and as long as he stays healthy and you have Kawhi is your number one, Paul George is your number two, and James Harden is your number three, it's a little bit different, right? And Westbrook coming off the bench, you know, like if they accept their roles. Right. And James Harden, role, his role has changed. Like in Philly, there was a lot of pressure on him. He had to be the number two guy. Well, now, like, he's more comfortable as the number three guy. And he's got two dudes around him. And he's home. He's also home. They're all from California. Kawhi, Paul George, and James Harden, and, and Westbrook. And there's something to be said for that. Four guys back, literally, who all grew up in L.A., all about the same age. I know. It's crazy. crazy. So I, I think for all of them, it's like, hey, how cool would this be to go out this way? The four of us who kind of came up sort of together and, and all playing together now, and everybody's written us off, and maybe we can make one last run. I mean, I don't think they can beat Denver unless the big boy gets hurt. But, but like, even if they could get to the the, listen, are you scared of Minnesota come playoff time? No. Are you scared of Oklahoma City come playoff time? No. If if you're the Clippers and you're healthy, you're saying there's only one team we're scared of, really, and that's Denver. We can beat everybody else. We can, can go toe to toe with everybody else. They can beat Phoenix. Well, we haven't seen Phoenix yet. We just haven't seen him yet. Is Brad Beal ever going to be healthy? Right. Like, are those three guys ever going to be healthy? I don't know. I mean, again, looking back now, like, you know I wanted to make that move for Beal a couple years ago, and and now I think uh, with Beal's injury status and and looking like he's maybe never going to be what he he was before again, uh, it was probably the right move not to, uh, to flip Jalen Brown in any deal for Bradley Beal. How did Lawrence end up the GM for the Clippers? Was he with Doc out there? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. because it's interesting, remember. You, you know, we remember Lawrence when he was with Doc and he was like yeah. the assistant and now he's yeah. running a team. I mean, that's the yeah. crazy thing about the league. Yeah, he was, uh, I saw him at Indiana uh, when I was out there last week and he was a manager for Bob Knight at Indiana. That's how he's, that's how he got his, yeah, he was a manager. So kind of crazy. He was back there and, I joked with him. I'm like, I'm like, they let you back in this place, you know, after all the stuff. But he was probably a hell of a manager, is my guess. Because Lawrence I'm Frank sure was, 
super prepared. Yeah. Prepared, knew what the coach wanted before he asked for it. Being a manager for Bob Knight, I'm sure was not easy. Uh, No, I would think that was brutal. Brutal. I I don't even know if he knew your name. And it would be one of those jobs, being a manager for Bob Knight is, you never get credit for doing it right. And you only get noticed when you screw up. Yep. True. All right, Christmas Day, what do you feel about wall-to-wall NBA games? Are you in? I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, because there's no college games. So, for me, it, it's it's great to have, you know, LeBron against Tatum, you know, 5 o'clock. Like, I don't, I'm not going to sit there and watch every game. But I'll, I'll, I'll cherry-pick a couple. And, you know, when I'm around, sitting around, my parents, uh, you know, here, you know, I'll have them on. And, and uh, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I did one sideline a couple of years ago. Celtics, um, who was it? It was Celtics, Scott Brooks. Who was Scott Brooks the coach for then? Washington? Oh, Washington. Washington. It was Washington. Cool. I don't know why they'd have that as a Christmas yeah, day. I, yeah. I Maybe Brooks was, I don't know. No, I that's know. the last team. It was Washington. That was the that was the last team, I think. I guess they were good then. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe that was like the last Christmas matchup because the Celtics probably weren't great at that point. Right. Um, well, but yeah, like. Bob. Well, it, I'll have another. I'll, we'll have another podcast with Bob Ryan because your schedule is in jive. When I ask him about the five games on Christmas or whatever it is, yeah, you know, he thinks it's the downfall of society. <laughs> hey. You, Sometimes again, listen, for better or worse, Bob is old school. And he is, uh, like, you know, the, the times are changing, and Bob has changed with the times. I mean, listen, no doubt he can turn on his computer. Uh, he can do a Zoom now. So he's come a long way. Yeah. Uh, but in some things, he's he's very stubborn and old school. And and that's definitely one of them. The all-star game. You know, some of those those fixtures with, with the NBA. Uh, and I agree with him on some, but I like Christmas Day. Like, that's fun to me because, again, not a whole lot going on. Need a break from the family, dog. Yeah. All right, Jeff, happy new year. You too. You too, Gary. Right. Oh, I got to do this real quick. Yeah, go Don't ahead. get paid. Yep. Hey, yes. Uh, Tangway Goodman of Goodman and Tangway with Bob Ryan on assignment. He's sponsored by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Uh, right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Now I'll say it. Happy New Year.